0: Good evening everybody, its me, and the guys on the Games Assemble Podcast. Tonight, I am joined by our anointed Dungeon Master, Batous. Hello. And our very own female, Jim Sterling, lady of the hate of microtransactions, it's uh, Nara. <laughs> hey. And as always, I'm a little bit ginger and a little bit gay. I am the Beardy Major. See, now, I was thinking about the Techno Mage thing. Mm -hmm. Like... (laughs) And so I said Beardy Major. Beardy Major. Beardy Gamer. Whatever. 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 new (laughs) character name. So, tonight, we're going to have a little chat about an article that we saw on the New York Post about some uh, issues around people maybe being charged for microtransactions and uh, in-app purchases and stuff when they're not really too sure that is happening but before we get into that we'll do a little bit of housekeeping and so this week we're going to be putting up the first episode of Gamer Assembled Bytes uh, which is going to be a little short show on the old YouTube um, we're also putting together our plans for 2021 um, so if there's any style of show or content that you'd like to see us do let us know um, speaking of which, and as we introduced our dungeon master, Bot is going to be launching our d and d show rolling with bot in january twenty twenty one and also we're fast approaching the holidays, so next episode of episode fifteen will be our last show of the year before we take a little break for the holidays um and we're going to be going through a rundown of the best games or our best games of twenty twenty so we want to know what your picks are, so head over to our twitter and Instagram account, and there'll be a post on there for you to interact with us with but without further sort of okay. ado shall we just jump into the topic of the show um so we're just going to read a little bit of a a little thing that i may have typed up earlier just to get us all going um and then we'll jump into it so <laughs> today like i said we saw an article on the new york post um, we're going to link that into the YouTube descriptions so if you want to read it. It's also up on our Twitter account um, on the poll there. So if you want to have a look through, you're more than welcome to. Um, but in this article, a mum faces $16,000 in credit card bills after a six- six-year-old has racked up multiple microtransaction payments, playing sonic forces on an Apple device. Um, these uh, charges have ranged from an entry level of $1.99 all the way up to $99.99 for so, uh, different ring packs um so these rings that you buy in sonic forces they used to then so you buy red rings to then purchase gold rings to then get things like speed boosts and like character skins and stuff within the game it's like a mobile game
1: so you have to buy rings to buy rings have to buy, buy the things you, you have actually to buy want?
0: rings to buy rings yeah so it's a, a lot of ring buying okay. um okay yeah so it's nothing new like we've seen these kind of microtransactions monetary things in these free-to-play games for some time um but it's quite shocking that it got to 16,000 pounds and it's not the first time that we've seen this so it, the BBC reported in 2019 about 16 year olds spending 3k on NBA man, uh, NBA microtransactions. TechSport in 2017 runs an article on an 11 year old spending seven thousand dollars on microtransactions in another free-to-play game, and in 2016 there was 8k on Fitha by another t- teenager. Um, and if okay, you Google when it's it, the teenagers they 100% yeah. know what they're doing.
1: They're just they're just doing it because they can get away. They think they can get away with it. But it, but
0: <laughs> if you Google like kids racking up microtransactions, mm-hmm. there's hundreds and hundreds of articles and forum mm-hmm. posts and blog posts and stuff about. And parents, I've met people who
1: personally dealt with it. So yeah, parents yeah. that have.
0: have have been facing this now luckily in a lot of the cases the parents have been able to like get their money back but in this case the 16k for this six-year-old because of the way that it went through her bank and she then questioned it with the bank because she thought it was like some sort of fraud um, and they did some investigation it took them three months to get back to her and go actually no you need to go and speak to apple it's apple's problem apple's now Mm -hmm. turned around and gone you had 60 days and you passed it so it's tough Mm -hmm. you need to pay it ouch yeah so now she faces nice. yeah a huge amount of money Hey, okay, gonna... apple you're not you're not a good
1: guy <laughs> here so bad guy apple here
0: yeah so in all of these situations and stuff like it kind of rose the question in our chat which is why we kind of made it into an episode is like do do these app stores or the, the people making these games um or credit card companies or your PayPal or whatever do they do enough to protect you from this kind of accidental purchase um, um, and do they should they be as doing far more as the
1: Google Play Store as far as the Google Play Store yes yeah you could just set it to not let you buy things without a password or I use my fingerprint no one can purchase anything on my Google account without my fingerprint or my mm-hmm. password
0: mm-hmm. I mean it's the same with Apple to be fair like with my Apple to Apple Pay, buy anything on App stores. like, there's other night I bought, um, I mean, I love this film and not many people do like it, but Alien Covenant, um, wanted to watch it, bought it. I had to use my face ID, put in my passwords, everything else, like... So there are things there in place, but from talking to some of my friends that have got kids, like, they don't really understand some of these parental settings and... That... Oh,
1: they're kind of hard to understand. Yeah, like, that... there's a lot of like legal jargon, and it's not just like straightforward. Like, hey, do this. Yeah. Hey, do this. I don't think all of the apps. Um, so, all most apps do display that they have in-app purchases is like this teeny tiny little icon that you could completely miss mm-hmm. when you're mm-hmm. downloading it. Um, so, a lot of parents are downloading these games. And they don't even know that their kid can buy stuff in it because the only thing it does is it's this tiny little icon on the store page, like at the bottom of the description of the game, it says, Hey, this has in-app purchases. Mm. And that's, you know, not great. I think game developers have more of a responsibility to at least tell people that you can buy transactions in this game Mm. rather than like, they do all they're legally required to do, and they let you know somewhere, but it's not somewhere where it's readily available to be. So they download the game, and they have no idea you can even buy stuff in it, and then it comes as a shock that you're even able to buy something at all. Hmm. So well, there's there are a protection. To... to stop it, but
0: yeah, there was a change to app stores a couple of, a few years ago where all the free to play games were labeled as free, and then they changed it so now it does. It's not says free; it says get. And then underneath it will list like the microtransactions and stuff. But what do you think about like how these things are displayed in app stores and stuff?
2: Well, I mean, one thing we got to keep in mind is that when we're talking about responsibility of these companies to, you know, let inform the parents well enough about these transactions is that a lot of these mobile companies, I mean, they're literally hiring psychologists to help their marketing department to make it more disadvantage for the uh, the parent, you know, so that it's all colorful lights and whistles and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, these parents, the one of the problems I find is that we've really kind of moved into a generation where the dev- electronic devices are the new babysitter. I mean, it used to be you plop your kid in front of the TV, you can at least go and make dinner, you know, have a phone call, but, you know, kids can't buy anything watching TV you know but you yeah. put down their iPad and you put on, you know, this Sonic game and all of a sudden this kid can't complete a level because he doesn't have enough boost to get through it well he's going to do whatever it takes to get through that level and when it's 99 cents it's like oh well that's nothing it's not like a 6-year-old has any real concept of money i have uh, adults i work with that barely have a concept of money um <laughs> As uh, Anar and I were discussing kind of before the the episode started, a really easy way around this is that parents need to start looking at putting, you know, prepaid pay cards attached to their Google and their Apple accounts because at the very least, and this is also not just for kids, if your account gets hacked, if you have a prepaid account on the account, if your account gets hacked and someone tries to drain your card, it's a lot better for them to drain a $100 prepaid card than it is to drain thousands of dollars out of your checking account or your credit card. Um, so in reality, I think a lot of it is on the parents. Um, the game companies, you can't expect them not to make money. That's the whole point. You know, mobile games are often free and because they are free, they need to have ways of being able to make money. So I think it's more on the parents and to be parents than it really is to, uh, put it on the game developers.
1: Mm -hmm. I think it's a mix of the two. I think it's a mix of the two. I've worked with parents to find solutions. A lot of them they get like the the prepaid like Fortnite like V-bucks or like the Google Play or whatever cards as like instead of their kid getting a traditional allowance, that's what they want, so that's what they get and that they get that and that's what they use for their their IAP. But a lot of them asked me what they should do because they had a lot of those like crazy purchases coming up. And yeah, no, a 6-year-old has no concept of money. And yeah, we have definitely moved away from like real parenting. Um, I have a niece, and I love my sister, but she is a hand your kid the iPad all day parent. Um, and one, uh, iPads aren't parents. <laughs> yeah. And two, like it's not you know. And I mean, a lot of and a lot of people grew up with the TV as a babysitter, and I did for a certain part of my life. But my parents were also involved in my life because, you know. Sitting your kid in front of the TV so you can make dinner is one thing. A lot of parents still didn't put them in front of it all day because there were things that, like, you wanted to watch on TV. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, my parents still, like, I played outside and I did, you know, I had to read books. I I had a screen time amount that I was allowed, but we were still limiting screen time back then and we're not really anymore. Um, Yeah,
0: I mean, I think beside, like, you know, a, a different conversation of, like, how parenting and is is handled these days the, the idea of like these prepay cards and stuff or like parents having to take these take these extra steps to sidestep these companies that are designing their games to make it easy to buy these things I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's moving a lot of the blame across to the parent in some respects, like oh I
1: think it loops back around yeah is like we talked before the show how we don't want this to be uh Uh, a video like a like a talk we did a microtransactions episode right i went on a big long rant but the the problems that we're having loop right back around to that same conversation about microtransactions and specifically like how they're implemented and what Mm -hmm. specific games they're implemented in yeah Um, i think games that are aimed towards adults are typically much more upfront about their purchasing Yeah, I think games that are into children are not when it
0: when it comes to and I
1: think that's that's like a whole other they they basically just do all they're legally required to do. Yeah, to notify of purchasing,
0: I think when when I think of the whole situation, like, like if I I have a Monzo account, so if I go and purchase something like nine times out of 10, if it's over a certain amount, it will say straight away, you need to approve this on your app. So then I have to go into the app and say, yes, it's fine. I'm going to spend all of this money doing this thing. Like, I don't understand how these, like, app stores or Apple Pay and uh, or the store in general doesn't have something in there that stops multiple purchases within quick succession or, like, have a limit on how much can be put through on one day. Because one of these... Yeah one of these cases the the kid with the the 16,000 uh, pounds $1000 racked up 600 i think was $74 in purchases in one day like and because of the way that apple works with its invoices and stuff like generally they will invoice it towards the end of the day so if you're like racking it up through oh. the day yes yeah, so they they tend apple to like
1: send an invoice till the end of the day it
0: kind of like accumulates all the purchases together
1: i had no idea yeah. google sends you an individual email every time you buy yeah. something
0: yeah um <laughs> and th- but this is one of the points that the the the, the, the mother brought up is that she, she didn't realize that these things were happening because it was the way it was being built and sort of clumped together um so i just i kind of feel like what what do you think Should there be this kind of limit and say like, okay, we're gonna say in a twenty four hour period you can only spend a hundred pounds on it in app purchases per like until you until you approve it. Until you've approved it, yeah.
1: Um I mean, I like that idea. I also think maybe Apple should do what Google does and every time a purchase is made, send an email instead of just lumping it all together at the Mm. end of the day. So if I buy anything. If I buy like a ninety cent microtransaction, Google emails me immediately yeah. after I make the purchase yeah. to let me know that it happened, yeah. so that even I can go in and dispute it, it.
2: Even if you buy with like Google reward points, like I buy stuff sometimes for some of my mobile games through. Yeah, their they Google email you immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, in reality, I mean, for in the case of this this kid who racked up six hundred dollars in a day, you know, again, you know, I I have a particular want to put the responsibility on the parents mainly because. Uh, in a previous life, I worked for a lot of uh, families helping do therapy for children and helping them with a lot of stuff. And the parents just aren't paying attention. You know, mm-hmm. they, they're they happy to have, I mean, we, we have a society now where now everyone is mostly dual income. Mom and dad both work. It used to be yeah. mom or dad stayed home and the other one worked. Now with both of them working and they come home and they get home at five o'clock and they got to put dinner together. It's just way easier to put the kid in front of something. But like, for example, a really easy thing that you don't even have to do with the company is like I have my bank set up so that anytime a purchase more than $50 happens, it dings me. You know, it just sends me a little little notification that just says, Hey, you know, a purchase was made on your account over 50 bucks. Now when I'm buying stuff on Amazon, that can be annoying. Mm. But, um, at least when something weird happens, like has happened in the past with Amazon, I can take care of it right away and get it taken care of. And you don't even have to know anything about the gaming company. You don't have to know anything about your iPad or what your kid's playing. It's literally just call your bank and say, Hey, notify me by email, whatever. It's more than $50 or something mm. like that. You know, um, I don't know. It it like Anara was saying. It literally depends on the game too. Because the ones that are geared more for adults, they they're very upfront about it. But the ones that aren't, I mean, there's a lot of adults playing more games designed for kids. Yeah, um, but there's they're really trying to lure these these kids in. I don't know. I I don't have children, but if I had kids, I would make sure that I knew what their internet traffic was at all times. Like just period, because. Yeah. It's too easy to find stuff on the internet. I mean, I had to tell parents in the past, hey, you know, have a talk with your kid about what he's doing on the internet. And they're like, oh, well, I looked at his iPad. He doesn't have any history. I said, yes, he doesn't have any history because he's deleting it. Hmm. And if he's deleting, his internet history is probably a good reason for it. So have a conversation with him. Oh, okay. You know, it's just...
1: I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there definitely there's a bigger conversation around here. There's two really big conversations that come off from even just this one topic, one conversation that we've already had about microtransactions, and kind of more on how they're implemented versus like why they exist in general. But then the other conversation is definitely about like looking at parenting. Um, and I am a mom. My kid's mm. too young to do that kind of. He's six. He'll be six months, like three days. Mm. Um, so but cute. I am a mom. And I think about how I'm going to handle these things and it is, we have a dual income household. Like my boyfriend and I both work because we can't afford for neither of us to not work. Um, Cause that's just kind of the way that the world is now. And it's, you know, my mom stayed home with us. So it was easier for her. Um, Me too. But it is, it's like, it's going to be like a, like a, you know, what What do I do when I get home from work and I'm going to need to do thing? I mean, like, right now, I have a baby, so I just put him in the baby thing and carry him everywhere. Mm. Actually really easy to deal with. <laughs> I have a baby carrier, and I just stick yeah. him in there and walk around, <laughs> and I have for use by both hands. It's like, cool. But when he's older, it's going to be harder to just, like, keep him entertained. Right now, he's just entertained by, like, looking at all the stuff around him, but that's not going to be the case for much longer.
0: Um, no, and I think, as well, I- like, some of the 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 lack of understanding from parents about the, the how these games are, uh, are made like I mean you go into the app store and I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's got um a eight-year-old and she said you know like I said what what kind of apps and stuff do your kids play and she's like well you know they'll play like uh the Disney pop I think it's called or something where it's like the kind of like beehive mayhem but you're throwing like little Disney characters up like Um, there's like one for Frozen there's Sonic Forces like all of these IPs are like traditional, traditionally kid-friendly IPs like so I think a a lot of the time parents are kind of getting these games and thinking oh it's going to be okay because it's a Toy Story game or it's going to be okay because...
1: And when I say the in-app purchases stuff is really tiny I mean it's this teeny tiny small print right there
0: Yeah Mm -hmm.
1: And And I'm going to be honest, Pokemon Go ain't super upfront when you spend money
0: yeah. No. <laughs> so I think that's,
1: that's what that was. This is Pokemon Go. Yeah. No, I don't even have it installed anymore. It was just yeah. I wanted to bring it up to kind of illustrate my point. Is yeah, no, the parents don't know a whole lot, and basically these companies are just doing what they're legally required to do mm-hmm. to inform people. They're not, you know, being upfront about what's going on. And I mean, like my Kingdom Hearts game, um, Square Enix is well aware that ninety percent of the people who play Kingdom Hearts now are in their late twenties and early thirties. So, they're super upfront when I'm about to spend money on stuff. Like, they're like, hey, this costs money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, hey, this is what you get for it. And, I mean, like, that game's run by whales, but uh, mm-hmm. I have spent a couple of dollars, but it's always, like, really, like, intense about, mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is spending money. And I'm not even sure if that might be because it's bigger in Japan and I know they have different laws. Mm-hmm. So. Like I know things are different because you don't really hear about this stuff happening over there. And I I genuinely think it's because like they do things differently, but games with bigger Japanese markets I found also tend to be more upfront. And I'm wondering if that just has to do with the way laws are over
2: there with how they can do those things. You know, like that's there's a lot of the different countries that are of Asian origin, like China and Japan and stuff like that. They have to be a lot more clear about loot boxes and like how like what your chances of actually getting something.
1: They have to Oh yeah, no, when I buy stuff in the in the, the Kingdom Hearts game, it, if you pull up the info, it gives you a list of the exact percentage chance mm-hmm. of everything you could pull from the gacha. Mm-hmm. And that's because they have to do it in Japan, and it would just be hard to just make that out of the... Like, why would you reprogram the whole game to mm-hmm. yoink all of those out? Just leave them in there. But they have to, yeah. legally, mm-hmm. include everything you could get in there and the percentages, and they're just a lot more strict about that stuff over there. Um, so I think that plays into it, but a lot of the, I mean, most mobile games are bought primarily, are downloaded primarily by kids in the US and the UK. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and, and I'd also imagine that there's probably a huge increase in these kind of apps being downloaded and stuff with the pandemic because they've got parents working from home, like, you know, in the, in the case of this article, and, you know. I mean,
1: dear lord, my cousin downloaded a bunch of apps on his iPad for my, for his daughter, because he had to take the bar,
0: mm-hmm. and he
1: couldn't even, like, parent his kid while he was taking the bar he had to be in a room with the door closed and no one around him yeah like Mm -hmm. for hours yeah um so he had to find ways to entertainment Mm -hmm. and i mean that's what a lot of parents turn to yeah and you know i was i'm lucky enough to work for a company that when we're we're at home and we have a conference call they don't care if i have my kid with me yeah but there are Mm -hmm. other companies that do care Mm -hmm. you know um and they don't want to have to deal with that so
0: it, it depends on what your line of work is as well like you know, for for somebody who maybe does online sales or retail or something, like their workload working from home may not be as intense as somebody that's maybe, you know, like a lawyer who's maybe working on cases and stuff and having to do lots yeah. of calls and stuff like that, or somebody who works for, like, my, my cousin works a... Uh, in a billing department for a phone company, like, and he's constantly taking calls and talking to oh, customers yeah. and compiling oh, yeah. I information. Mean, I like... mean, to
1: be fair, when I was working for home for retail stuff, I was basically on the phone all day, but yeah. I'm also a store manager and yeah, yeah. a little bit, you know, and I'm sure my district manager is on the phone all the time. Yeah. Um, Things like for arranging for things like online order delivery and pickup, and because a lot of what we're doing now is online, so it was just a lot of that. Yeah, you know, and being on the phone with FedEx for seven hours every day <laughs> is not my idea of a good time, but it's how I spend oh, a lot of my time. Yes, yeah. yeah, so <laughs> they're think super that, overloaded. Yeah,
0: this is another thing where where it creeps up on parents. I think where you know, like they are in the situation where they they have to work from home, and usually the kid would be at school or doing whatever it is that they're doing but like they're now in a situation where they now have to entertain a child for eight hours a day while trying to work at the same time then they're, they're you know they're looking at these games for something to occupy or whatever it is like and thinking again oh it's a disney game or oh it's spongebob or oh it's this cute cartoon thing that my kid's into like they'll be fine with that and not actually realizing when you look, it, into it, it is a lot about yeah. parents paying
1: attention, though, is you shouldn't just be like, oh, it's a cute thing, because, I mean, dear God, let's look at the YouTube videos. Yeah. Those, like, mm-hmm. Elsa Spider-Man videos that, from the thumbnail, look like a cute kid's video. Mm-hmm. They're not. Yeah. Um, you have to kind of, you know, I, I don't want to place all the blame on the parents, because I think there's enough blame to go around. I think that, you know, one, you should put more than the tiny text that I have to squint to read on my phone declaring that you can buy things in the mm. game. Uh, and two, I th- like the onus on the parents is like you have to pay attention mm. what your kids are doing. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, a... I've made a vow with myself that I'm never going to be that parent that just plops my kid down in front of a screen and walks away for several hours. I'm going to be actively involved in the stuff that he likes and he will never have access to anything that has my credit card attached to it. Mm. But, you know...
2: Um, there is... There's a lot of pressure on parents nowadays, too. I mean, not only do we have the COVID thing going on, you know, the changes in how we raise kids over the last generation or two. But I mean, another thing we haven't really talked about is these kids that will pester their parents to death because their friends are playing the game. And if their friends have better characters or something like that... They are going to just pester their parents constantly until they have the game and be able to have it. And These kinds of
1: things have made rampant consumerism affect kids. Because, like, I don't know about you guys. When I was a kid, I didn't really care about brand names or having, like, the newest, greatest thing. But like, I, when like I have kids tant- throwing full-out tantrums mm-hmm. in my store at, like, seven or eight years old because they can't have a PS5. Yeah. And it's, like, the new big thing. And, like, I didn't get a PS2 until, like, a couple of years after it came out, because we couldn't afford it. Yeah.
2: But I, d- I did like, got my think... own systems. So. Yeah. And
1: it I... wasn't even that big of a deal, because I still had other things to do. And you get, like, kids that care about brand names. Like, like 11-year-olds who only wear Nike. Like, mm. did it, like what? Um, and I think it's part of, like, just the way that rampant consumerism has, like our that... society it's weird like the, the effects that that sort of has because yeah it is like there's mocking names that kids have for kids in Fortnite that don't have all the premium skins they yeah. literally mercilessly bully these kids for it mm-hmm. because like money doesn't grow on trees and these kids can't afford it but that doesn't matter it's mm-hmm. the new like being picked on because you know you don't have a lisa frank notebook that's what yeah. this is. The thing is is a lisa frank notebook was like at walmart yeah and a single Fortnite skin is 20 to 30 dollars
0: yeah <laughs> I, th- I think though when you look at it from on from that perspective like this isn't something that's new though like kids pestering their parents for the the latest and greatest thing has been something that's happened like since we were kids and before we yeah, were but kids it's, it's, like
1: i think it's more intense now because i yeah. see it like I obviously have to be able to look objectively because like, yeah, no, when the PS2 came out, I told my parents I wanted it and I asked for it for Christmas and I asked for it mm. for my birthday, but I wasn't, you know, throwing a screaming fit on the floor of a store.
0: No, but there was always that kid that was in the, sto- in the store doing that. Like
1: The problem is it's a lot more than yeah. just that one. It's like every kid in my store. And part of it is like a, a lot of us, and I'm going to try not to fall into this trap, but parents want to do better for their kids. And their parents could do for them. And um, mm-hmm. I'm financially pretty okay with me and my boyfriend both working. We're financially pretty okay. I can afford things that I would like to have. I can afford nice things for my kid. But I'm, I'm tr- going to have to try and temper myself because I've seen parents. I have a guy who's a regular. Um, I love him to death. And I love his kids. Like They're all like great. Except his kids are entitled little brats sometimes. And he did that. <laughs> Mm. this fault. they all have their own playstation 4 they all have their own xbox one they all have their own rooms with their own TV. they all have the latest iphone and these are like 11 12 13 year old kids and like they all have the latest nike shoes and they all have this like he spends all his money on them because he wants to do better for them but he doesn't make them share anything they always well, what to... he doesn't you know it's this idea that we want to do so much better for our kids that we're not teaching them the things that we learned by not having everything. Hmm. Like my me and my brother and sister learned to share. Why? Because we could only afford one video game system.
2: So we parents have parents having their kids do chores to earn money and then buy it themselves. You know that's what I had to do I mean my very first game system was an original Nintendo and that I got as a Christmas gift and then every other system after that from Super Nintendo through N64 I bought from either doing paper route stuff or working a like you know fast food job at 15 years old you know my parents you know I love them but they're they were broke growing up and they didn't know how to use money very well and so I had to learn to buy my own things and if you just give if you have like three kids and you just give them all Xboxes and iPhones and all that stuff they're not going to have any understanding of the value of it you know I mean
1: no and I mean that's a big thing but we are we're getting into a a conversation that we mm -hmm. have and I'm in some parenting groups as are most parents (laughs) who are on the (laughs) internet Um, we're getting into a larger conversation about like parenting because it looks different than it used to um, there are it's a lot harder. more things that we need to navigate it's well, it is harder because there's things that like I mean dear God, kids will freak out that you're abusing them on the internet like I've had 16 year olds on Tumblr because I still have a Tumblr. I post game reviews on it ever it's really small and it's just for people who like to read it but um, I've had like kids that I follow that like I like like they do raw pretty art or whatever so I follow them and they like freak out because their parent took their cell phone away and they think it's abuse because mm. we've essentially, we're in a place where parents do kind of have to walk a really weird line on like discipline that is appropriate. Obviously, don't beat your kids. This is mm, a different yeah. day and age. Spanking doesn't work. It's been proven to not work mm, by mm. psychology, but kind of been transitioned into this whole group of moms and like parents who think that any form of discipline. Which is incorrect, mm. I mean, uh, if your kid, if you tell your kid um, this is as much time as you're allowed to play your PlayStation and then you have to do your homework and if your grades slip, you can't play it anymore because your homework and your school is very important and then you take it away, those are the parents who will come after you because that's, you know, you can't, you no, 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 teaching your kids to fear you through discipline. And I'm like, no, because every time you you go through life, there's constant. if I don't show up for work, do I get to keep my job?
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's boundaries is. I don't it? do Setting. my job.
1: Do I get the job? Yeah. So it's teaching building blocks of actions have consequences. If you're if you fail a class, you don't get all these fun things you have anymore because they're clearly distracting you from doing what you're supposed to do, and your school is more important than playing a video game.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's it all comes down to boundaries again, like. Setting those boundaries for kids and, and making those understandings. I'm just going to quickly go over to the. So we put a poll out on our Twitter, just asking people like oh. the question: Do you think that companies do enough to protect customers when it comes to microtransactions, or does it all just fall on the parents to to manage their devices and stuff? better. I mean, it's only a small poll, but 7% said yes, that they they feel that the companies do enough. 53% said no, they think they should do more. And thirty uh, 38% said it down to the parents. So I think it's quite interesting that, you know, it's, it's almost that 50-50 split
1: between the companies and the parents, like doing more well, and was, being more informed. I think, I think there's equal responsibility here. The, par- the mm. companies have the duty to inform and give options and the parents have the duty to parent their children.
2: Hmm. It doesn't really hurt anybody. Other, I mean, like I guess you could make the argument that it hurts the company to make more restrictions on spending money. But other than that, I mean these these multi million dollar gaming companies and such.
1: Yeah, don't tell me these billion dollar yeah.
2: billionaires can't afford to lose more lose I mean, some money. Would like, you that, just make you it know? a little bit more stringent so that the parents have at least mm-hmm. a little bit of help mm-hmm. from the company. I mean, you lose, what, maybe 2% of, like, a profit that you're already making. I ridiculous. mean, the majority
1: of the profits they make are off of adults who spend thousands of dollars anyway. This isn't the really going to hurt Might their bottom line. Or. It's yeah. whales. And mm-hmm. a little kid typically isn't a whale because as soon as their parent finds out they're spending all that money, they don't get to play the video game anymore.
2: <laughs> <It's> Delete it. <laughs> what I find interesting is the fact that the kid ran up, like, $16,000. Um, it the is one weird we that it was that about. much before she noticed. Because, mm-hmm. like well, A that she didn't notice it and B like, I know a lot of people that have even decent credit and they don't have credit cards attached to their account that have $16,000 limits on it. So like, I
1: have a $6,000 limit card. That's not attached to anything. Emergency card for like, if I need to like like, blow a tire or Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. my
2: car blows up. (laughs) I mean, it's just like a small clue that if this person has this kind of a credit limit on their card that their kid could rack up, or if it was a, you know, like a debit card or something, then they're probably just inference, like, they're doing fairly well, which means they might be really busy with their jobs and their lives, and that's the whole reason the kid ended up sitting in front of Sonic Forces in the first place, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, but
1: but I I think there is, like, you know, uh, your job is important, making money is important, but... Your child is more important. Mm. I think and at least paying just a small bit of attention to what they're doing is yeah. important for their well-being, even more than it is for your bank account.
0: I'm pretty sure in the article I'm just looking through now, but it, the the charges and stuff came across like a two-week period or something.
1: Mm. Yeah. <laughs>
0: About
1: two weeks. Two weeks. The kid spent sixteen thousand dollars, and my thing is, is like I check that stuff. Yeah. I bet regularly. you
2: that kid though is like, doing not awesome. Notice? I bet you that kid's doing awesome in that game though. Like, Probably, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got everything cranked. I max. don't think
1: I've spent sixteen thousand dollars on like microtransactions or even in-game purchases at all. Mm-hmm. In, I did like,
2: sixteen thousand dollars on my car.
1: You know, yeah. like uh, oh, my my car was cheap. She she a good girl, yeah. but she cheap.
0: I mean, she from, from reading the article, like I. I don't even think it was two weeks, it looks like the kid racked this money up in record amount of time, so um, on the 9th of July, um, the kid put through 25 charges totaling over $2,500. Um, and it says here, when Jessica discovered that Apple, Apple and PayPal were, were drawing hefty sums, £562 here, $601 there from her Chase account, she assumed it was a mistake or fraud and called the bank.
1: I mean and, like that's what I would do. Yeah. To be um, fair. I saw like charges that amount happen.
0: Yeah. So she said and it says still mm-hmm. clueless that it was the the child who was doing it, she filed a fraud claim in July when her bill reached sixteen thousand two sorry, yeah, sixteen thousand two hundred and ninety three dollars and ten cents. But it wasn't until October that she was told by her credit card company that the charges were hers, it took
2: them way too long yeah, to do that.
0: hers, and she needed to contact Apple. Apple.
2: Well, you know what? What I find interesting about this is that, like, we—I think it's a pretty—I think it's a pretty easy to agree that, like, it doesn't hurt companies to add more restrictions for the purchases mm-hmm. and to make it better. There's only probably a very small mi- minority of people that think they do just find a job with it, which is probably people who have never been impacted by this yeah. at all but obviously over 50% of people at least from that little poll there think that they could be doing more so yeah if the companies do more that's fantastic it might cut into their bottom line a little bit but yeah i don't think Not any in of us any really way can. that would really yeah, matter exactly yeah but how can the gaming society as it is help parents be able to be more aware like uh, like what are could parents watch a video or teach themselves how to manage their kids microtransaction stuff better so that they understand things like set up this card for this or set limits on here i mean a lot of times parents are like we didn't know we could do that or we didn't know how that would happen mm-hmm. so what would be the best way to teach them how to take care of their kids and their gaming their kids gaming hobbies in you know 2020
1: well like i do it every day yeah. It's like my job. Well, you're not a brick and mortar and though. It's so. just like you to yeah, talk to people. Yeah, in a brick and mortar, it's easy. You just have to like talk to mm-hmm. people who walk into the store. Um, I, I think the big thing is 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 it really our responsibility
2: to do that though? It doesn't hurt. I mean, if you just and, had... I mean, it
1: doesn't hurt. But I'd like, how would we even go about as a gaming I don't know, some that, YouTuber like, maybe?
2: some, like, major YouTuber that puts That's out videos that says it. That's
1: the know? big thing is it's not really going to mm-hmm. happen. I think Markiplier made a video about it years ago and it didn't really accomplish anything. But um, I, think,
0: I think with that, that is, thing. like, like you say, like, what, what you know, is it our, our responsibility? But very weirdly zooming out and, and taking that thought of, like, so what about when it comes to people that show people how to do things in video games? Like there's no need for people to actually do that, but they do it anyway because it helps people out as, as as a humanity, as society, as everything else. Like none of the things that we do. This podcast, for example, we don't need to do this podcast. Like but we do it because no, it's but fun, this it's informative. Is fun. Yeah. Like it
1: Trying to explain to people who are tech illiterate how yeah. tech things work is not fun. No. <laughs> um, so uh, for for me, um, I think it. Comes... I've, like, I like I do it for a living, and I think a big part of it is a lot of these parents don't want to be told they're doing a bad job. Well, I think so. Think... I don't think that you can approach it just as somebody who's in parenting groups. I don't know that there's anything the gaming community can do because if you don't have kids, you don't want to hear what you have to say. Mm. I think is they, the big they, thing. They, they don't want to listen to advice, they don't want to parenting is become this big like Yeah, but that
0: that puts the onus back on on the parent like I think to some degree there's the this is think large
1: is is in a large amount on the parents especially yeah. because like I've tried to give this advice to people and they're like, "Oh, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. I'll just I'll just dispute it. I'll just do this. I'll just yeah. do this." They don't want to hear that there are things they don't know and that they could be doing better as a parent. Parenting is super personal mm-hmm. and any advice, particularly from the outside, particularly for people who don't have children is kind of just seen on an attack yeah. a, as an attack on your character. Yeah. Parents get really sensitive about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, like I if think... I offer advice to somebody because I have a four-year-old niece, I mean, I have a baby, but I have a four-year-old niece, so I also have experience with toddlers, about a yeah. toddler thing, they'll be like, well, you don't actually have your own toddler, so you have no idea, like, and I'm another parent, mm. so...
0: But there's, there's an element of of embarrassment as well sometimes, I feel, like, if if somebody doesn't know, like, what, how an iPad works, or how And I'm how not really sure that the gaming
1: community is kind of equipped to deal no. With the embarrassment that comes think, with addressing people's parenting issues, I think I think a, a big part of it. I think the people who can help are gamers who are parents in parenting groups. Yeah, but I don't I, think like you. who childless people would be able to do very much.
0: I, I, I honestly, honestly think it actually comes back round to the people that make these devices, like and and I want a if, bigger warning yeah so
2: like
1: on a bigger warning
2: in, in the app store when you that's click that's not on- going to do anything though the bigger warning's not going to do anything they put giant warnings on cigarette packs that say it's going to kill you and people still buy them bigger warnings yeah. not gonna well do no anything.
1: but here's the thing here's the thing a bigger warning will at least let parents know that these things are available because in text that small when you're just like scrolling one yeah. the text doesn't show up if you just install the app from like the select screen, mm. like, if you look up in the in the list, that text isn't there. Yeah. So if you don't even open, like, the main page for the app and you just are scrolling through, like, kids' games and it says, like, Spongebob and you hit the install button, you'll never even see the in-app purchases warning. It's yeah. not there. It's their only duty is to put it in their app purchase screen. Yeah. It should be everywhere. I think it because should Because there be are a- people who buy download the games and don't even know you can buy things in yeah.
0: it. It should and be an, an additional... Good it should be an additional prompt. So when you're going through free-to-play games and you're hitting it's that like install you hit the and install you're hitting, button, yeah, and, and then like it comes up saying this app game, has in-app purchases, yeah, has purchases yeah. ranging from one dollar yeah. to two hundred and fifty dollars, whatever it is. Oh, I'm going all out of focus. Um, uh, I also think like as as a as Apple, for example, let's take them. If you're buying like an iPad and setting it up and stuff like. You know, is there a way they could put something that's like, who is this for? Is this device for you or is it for your child? Like, and if it, if you're setting it up as a child's device, parental
1: control is easier to do. Yeah, because they're super complicated for no reason.
0: Yeah, then come through because every time you get like an update and stuff, like they'll throw up this big thing of like, what's new in this store? Or go to the how-to and everything else, like surely there should be like a, a parent section for that and go okay like you're going to give this device to your kid like here's some hints and tips of how to make your set your device safe for that child and safe for you to be able to monitor what games they're playing how much time they spend on it all that kind of stuff and then on top of that what can they purchase how can they purchase is there a limit can i set a limit those kind of things like i think that would be the 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 pillar i think
1: you yeah, know, I it's... don't even think it falls. The onus falls on the gaming companies. A lot of the onus, I feel like, falls on companies like Apple and Google, where you're actually the platform you're actually purchasing things hmm. to kind of make things like parental controls easier to implement because like there are no parental controls in Sonic Forces. Yeah. There are Apple parental controls. Yeah. And I think Apple has a duty to make those things a little bit easier to understand. It's so strange. Apple is touted as user-friendly, and their parental controls. Control system it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you try to set it up it's not super explanatory on what like every option does and i feel like it should be um but no i think the onus is is a big 50 50 parents Mm. need to pay attention and like actually research stuff that their kids are into you can't just like go oh this is a spongebob thing it'll be fine you should maybe look at it a little bit more closely Um, But I also think that companies like Google and Apple and like Sony and Microsoft, even with like free to play and like like things like Fortnite on consoles, because you can do the same thing there. um, Have more of a duty for easy access of parental controls and an easier understanding of them, like when you're just setting up the device Mm. or setting up an account. Um, Is like... I, I just feel like that would make things a little bit easier on parents because it is hard to be a parent right now mm. um and i say that as a parent you know um but i also don't think that we as parents can shirk our responsibility to parent our children mm.
2: you know this whole conversation actually just made me think of something from my childhood is that we didn't have microtransactions transactions and stuff but before the advent of the cell phone where you could ring up phone charges talking to people oh, long distance and God. stuff like that. How many stories did we hear like 20, 10 years ago where it was, Oh, I about called my kids friend. Yeah, yeah. They'd make a phone call to their friend and then suddenly, I mean, they've made Simpson episode about it. Yeah. And you know, when Bart called Australia, you know, nowadays we don't think about it because long distance doesn't really mean much anymore. If we have accidentally buy a
1: per view stuff.
2: Does that happen? Pay per view stuff. Yep, that was one. That
1: stuff you wouldn't even see until it appeared on your cable bill.
2: Yeah, exactly. And And
0: also, when it came to, you remember when you said text for a ringtone? Yep, like Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, so we've had these kind of microtransaction stuff for a while, and kids have been able to do this whole thing where they ring up their parents, you know, bill for years. It's just evolved from, you know, talking to, to Susie on the phone for two hours and ringing up a huge long distance.
1: A hundred dollars worth to, to buying $1,600 worth. Sorry. 16,000 worth of dollars of, of Sonic.
2: Rings. <laughs> well, wasn't it yeah. Bart, like rang up like a hundred thousand dollar or something like that account, in that yeah. episode. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's shifted. I it's, think
1: I, I definitely shifting the blame from the parents to the company is, I don't think, entirely fair
2: as a parent. Everybody can mm-hmm. do better. Companies and, and parents can do better. Yeah. On mm-hmm. that
1: note, it's like 10 minutes to three, and my son's supposed to be back home. So have to
2: go. <laughs> that's fine. Be
1: a parent. Well, Isn't well, that exciting? Well, well, I think we'll <laughs>
0: just leave that there then. I think.
1: Yeah, or we're going to talk for the next three hours yeah. on parenting. As, and as, we, a large as we, we go around, I
0: think them. it's just really important. If you're a parent out there listening to this podcast, I mean, hello thank you um but <laughs> get yourself informed go out there find these forums and stuff and and just be aware of what microtransactions are and what these in-app purchases and stuff are
2: because and
1: feel free to reach out to me yeah yeah anybody like needs we have to talk, talk like you know? about anything we can continue feel free to, jump to jump
0: um have you got time just to quickly go through what you're playing
1: yeah yeah cool.
0: Uh, it's cyberpunk (laughs) it's
2: cyberpunk (laughs) no one's surprised
1: (laughs) yeah uh, surprised pikachu face from everybody in the audience um it's a mess but it's a beautiful mess i think that's like i don't i don't know beardy if you would agree with that because it is kind of a mess it's it's a fun beautiful buggy mess yeah um it looks gorgeous and i don't like on the ps5 we're playing last gen's version Mm. so it's not even as as on pc on pc it's it's like the prettiest game i've ever seen in my life on pc I Uh, but yeah but um and i'm sure it'll look that good once we get the next gen like update which is apparently coming next year but at this point i'm more concerned about the bugs and there's Mm. there's a lot of bugs um, right before uh, we started filming this, I loaded up a save and my car exploded for no reason and flew to the top of a building that <laughs> I then fell off of and died. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's some issues yeah. that I need think, to be worked out. I think
0: it's it's there's something special there in this game. It's just a shame that the lead-up to it, the bugs, the crashes, the last-gen base model... Yeah issues that people are facing and stuff has created this like. Oh, yeah, it's unplayable.
1: Yeah. It's unplayable on last um, I still have my PS4 upstairs. Um, yeah. It's a basically a glorified Netflix machine now, mm. but I thought I'd hop in Cyberpunk and see. It runs at like 17 FPS. We're getting yeah. sub-20 frames per second. Like but this is primarily over. a shooter, so that yeah. is unplayable. 17 FPS for a shooter is unplayable, yeah. and uh, it's, it's inexcusable to me that it came out in that state because mm. it was advertised... For those consoles and like two, years ago. yeah, the CEO said it ran surprisingly well. If surprisingly well is it boots up after it installs, I suppose that's a true statement. Yeah, um, but it's, I, you know, there was I, a lot of shady stuff going on with the way the reviews were done. Yeah. Like they weren't letting people review console copies. They all had to roll straight B roll. And as somebody who used to professionally review games for a very brief period of time, there are parts. Or they'll be like, hey, use B-roll. So, like, for example, mm. like Persona 5, Atlas didn't want anybody to show anything after a certain point in the game. So it was use footage from before that, and then when you run out, you can B-roll. Mm. Um, it is unheard of to have a company tell you you can only use trailer footage. Like, they weren't allowed to even show PC gameplay. They had to just roll trailer footage in yeah. all of their, their videos, which is it's shady there's a lot of things that i think cd project red needs to fall on their sword for because they they screwed up mm-hmm. um as angry joe would say you done fucked it up yeah
0: uh, i uh but i honestly uh, feel like you know had they come out with this game and it was boogie and it was a mess and everything else and it was com- a complete surprise to them that these issues were happening or whatever then that's a different story but
1: they clearly th- knew the
0: narrative that's coming through from the press releases and stuff that they've put out in the last couple of days is they knew it was they fucked.
1: definitely knew it was yeah. fucked up they, and knew they it should was... have just I'm, I'm just i'm disappointed because they kept saying it'll be ready when it's ready mm-hmm. and then what happened to that
0: yeah
1: and i know beardy you don't Think it's because they had any pressure because they said in a press release there was no pressure to release it but i'm gonna be honest i think that's dumb yeah that's garbage uh i if even if they did feel pressure they aren't gonna say that in a press release because you can't blame your fans in any way or come across as if you're blaming your fans because this was a it's worse press
0: this was a, a a a call to their investors um as the, the, the investors have said like we need to have a conversation about that this stuff is
1: also recorded yeah. and people are well aware that, that stuff yeah. is recorded so, um, um i and you're not going to want to make your investors feel like you're blaming them either when you're talking to them like oh you totally didn't pressure us but i definitely think that at least the like there was definitely some pressure i mean when they delayed it last time they got death threats like it was it was nuts like yeah these, Some of these people are crazy and the stock definitely would have dropped if they delayed it again. I think it would have dropped 30% like it has since Mm. the game released. Probably not. This was probably a poor decision. They should have just delayed it. Mm. I think it need probably another year to get like the AI competent and work out all the bugs. There's features from the trailer that just aren't in the game, like Mm. certain takedowns and things. I mean, I can get cool cybernetic blades for my arms, but I can't go get a haircut.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, there's there's just some stuff about the game that really bothers me. Um, mm-hmm. But at its core, uh, I told I told Bada bon, I was like eight out of ten. Uh, Docket a dock it a point for a uh, for performance issues. So it's seven out of. 10. Yeah. I and mean, it would be an eight out of ten. Which, by the way, cyberpunk fanboys don't come after me. Eight out of ten is a good score. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: seven out of ten is still an above average score. Okay. Yeah. Please no. Um, I mean, that happened with the Last of Us too, as well. Anybody who said it was anything other than like a perfect ten out of ten was like the worst. It was really funny, um, is everybody was like screaming about those like lower scored reviews, and then Cyberpunk came out, and people were like, "Oh, fair enough."
0: Yeah, like, I I feel like the 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 conversation about it's really interesting, but I feel I honestly, hand on heart, feel like CD Projekt Red knew. That they were in a good position publicly with their image and everything else to think that they Mm -hmm. could get away with this. Because, had this been like you look back towards like BioWare, for example, a beloved.
1: Had this been BioWare or Bethesda or Blizzard or any company that. Isn't already like beloved by everybody mm. the way CD Projekt Red is? This would be a much bigger deal than it and, is, and that's the there thing. would be nobody yeah. defending them. Yeah, like it's because this is CD Projekt Red that people are not literally trying to go burn their offices down. Mm. It's like mm. I mean, look at what happened when Fallout seventy six came out. Like yeah. it was a huge
0: deal, yeah. and that's this another game still where... a big
1: deal, but it's a slightly less big deal.
0: Yeah, and this is another game where they were you know seventy six is a, a, an example of. A company releasing a game that they knew was broken and was not ready for market, but did it anyway.
1: I don't think Fallout 76 ever would have been ready for market. It was a sixty-dollar mod for a Fallout yeah, yeah. Four. Yeah, that's like the whole other thing. Yeah. I know. I I know. Uh, poor Llama's not here. I know llama likes it. but like, <laughs> I, she loves it I to think it's the It's gotten better from, a from what it sounds track like. Track. Yeah. I think that game was it a little better. Sounds like it's better.
0: Yeah, unless uh, the only thing I could say about the, the Cyberpunk thing is they really need to pull a No Man's Sky on this game. And yeah. Um, to, to Pull to... a No
1: Man's Sky and make it the best game ever because, yeah. like No Man's Sky's, re- yeah. they won an award at yeah. the Game yeah. Award. Uh, speaking of, best of which, Ongoing. I was
0: kind of beautiful. You've been playing some No Man's Sky, so tell us about that.
2: I've just been playing some of the early, uh, the early level stuff when I've got time to sit down this holiday season and work and stuff's Definitely made it hard to really sit down and enjoy some gaming, but it looks gorgeous and I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm looking forward to finding some of these new planets and such, and there's a lot more you can do now. So I'm looking forward to see what's going to be going on with it, but I will be getting cyberpunk also this weekend, likely. And, uh, I can tell everybody has very strong opinions on it. And um, we're going to have to bring this topic up again later on. So once we've all gotten some chance to play. don't ask him what he (laughs) thinks about it because he gets a big sad face on. But (laughs) I've been playing that, mostly just working on getting our uh, Rolling With Bot campaign going. I've been putting a lot of uh, time into that D&D campaign so that we can all have a fun time and have an original story. And, uh, you know, that's about it. I'm looking forward to playing Cyberpunk and seeing my own experiences with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Sweet. Well, let's wrap it up for today then. Thank you very much to everyone that has joined us. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Gamers Assemble. Make sure you hit that follow, subscribe, notification bell, all that good stuff to make sure that you get the latest news and information from us. Um, but for today, say goodbye, Nara.
1: Bye-bye, guys.
0: Say goodbye, Bot.
2: Later
0: guys. And as always I have been the Beardy Gamer and I shall wish you good night and because I forgot it last time, Tiggs. This one's for you. Keep calm and game on. <laughs>
2: Ta